me see how this looks now. That look better.
the Lord, praise the Lord. Glad to have you with us on this Lord's Day. So glad to be in worship and to be on this side of dirt one more day. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. We are here today to worship our true and living God, the Father of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We come to worship and praise his holy name. I thank you for joining in with us today as uh, we, the Southern Baptist Church, are glad to have you with us, uh, knowing that God is able to hear and answer all of our prayers. We thank God for uh, the song that you just heard by uh, the Prince of Peace Choir as they were singing, He Will Make a Way. Amen. We're glad to have you with us today here in New Jersey and New York. The sun is shining. The S-U-N is shining. But I want to remind you that all times the S-O-N is shining. In spite of what you're going through, you can always look to the hills from whence cometh your help, knowing that your help does indeed come from the Lord. I'm excited about life. I'm excited about what God is doing in my life. I'm excited even in the pandemic to know that God is still reigning. He still sits high and looks low. We want to encourage you as always, to uh, make sure that you're taking care of you. Sometimes in the earth, nobody can take care of you the way you take care of you. So continue to wear your mask, continue to practice social distancing, do what uh, the Spirit of the Lord is telling you to do to take care of you. And we pray God's richest blessing upon all of your health and your strength. And I thank God that God has really been kind to the Southern family in this regard that uh, not many, not many people, only two people that I can think of have been hospitalized by the COVID-19 virus, and yet they are still here as a living testimony. Others have had it, but the virus has not attacked their bodies so strongly. So we thank God for that because so many can't say that. So we thank God that the Lord is doing mighty things for us, even in the pandemic. Well, as we, before we go any further, let's pray and talk to God, our Father, who is the giver and sustainer of life. Lord, we just say thank you again for this day, a day that we have not done anything to receive, not because we are so good yesterday that we desired and deserved to see today, but because your goodness and your mercy, we are here today. So we bless you, God, as we are uh, worshiping and praising you, bringing your house to other people's house. So God, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you in advance for what this word is going to do today, how it's going to make a way out of no way for someone. We pray in advance and speak into the atmosphere, life, health, and strength upon everyone that's listening. We pray even now as the enemy would desire to steal this word. I bind that spirit right now in Jesus' name. I come against every arguing spirit that would say no to the word of God. So God, use your manservant now. Use me mightily that uh, the words that proceed from my mouth and the meditation of my heart might be pleasing and acceptable in your sight and your word will not return unto you void. We declare it now and we speak as a victor and not a victim. It's in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus who is the Christ. With thanksgiving we say hallelujah and amen. Amen, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. I'm gonna ask you to journey with me today to uh, Old Testament text First Kings, First Kings, First Kings chapter 17. First Kings chapter 17 is always, I shouldn't say always, but most of the time I'm reading uh, unto you from the uh, New Revised Standard Version. So it may be a little different than what you have as you go to First Kings chapter 17 as we begin our reading at verse 8. First Kings chapter 17, verse 8 through verse 16. My Bible reads like this. 
Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Go now to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and live there, for I have commanded a widow there to feed you. So he set out and went to Zarephath. When he came to the gate of the town, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called her and said, Bring me a little water in a vessel, so that I may drink. As she was going to bring it, he called her and said, Bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. But she said, As the Lord your God lives, I have nothing baked, only a handful of meal in a jar and a little oil in a jug. I am now gathering a couple of sticks so that I may go home and prepare for myself and my son, and that we may eat it and die. Verse 13, Elijah said to her, uh, Do not be afraid. Go and do as you have said. But first, but first, but first, make me a little cake of it and bring it to me. And afterwards, make something for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord of the Lord, the God of Israel, the jar of meal will not be emptied and the jar of oil will not be will not fail until the day of the Lord sends rain on the earth. She went and did as Elijah said. Verse 16, 15 says she went and did as Elijah said so that she as well as her and her household ate for many days. The jar of meal was not emptied. Neither did the jar of oil fail according to the word of the Lord that he spoke by Elijah. Notice what verse 16 says, according to the word of the Lord that he spoke by Elijah. Amen. Amen. You don't know it, but right now you, this is the first uh, installment in a sermon series that is entitled The Voice of God in the Earth. Feel free to write that down. The sermon series is entitled The Voice of God in the Earth. Um, and this sermon in particular is entitled he will make a way. He will make a way. He meaning God will make a way. Let's see what the text has to say about how God will make a way. We, The text that I read for your hearing, the pericope I read for your hearing, uh, talks about Elijah. Elijah was a prophet, and a prophet is one who speaks on behalf of God to God's people. Elijah, uh, and also you'll see his name written as uh, Elias, E-L-I-A-S, or Eliah, E-L-I-A, uh, and also in Hebrew, it is Eliahu, um, and, and, and really, Eliahu or Elijah uh, was a prophet in the ninth century uh, before Christ, uh, the ninth century, and this Hebrew prophet ranks with Moses in, saying, in saving the, the Jewish religion, the religion of Yahweh, from being corrupted by the nature worship of Baal. Baal worshipers uh, had different gods, and they might have had the god of water, the god of rain, uh, the god of the earth. They had so, so, so many different gods that they would worship. And Elijah's name means uh, uh, Yahweh is my god. What a name for somebody. He, his name even tells you who he is and who he worships. The Elijah, his name means uh, Yahweh is my God. And the story, the story of the prophetic career of, of the northern kingdom of Israel during the, the reigns of King Ahab and uh, Ahaz Ahaziah is told in 1 Kings chapter 17 uh, through chapter 19 and in 2 Kings chapters 1 and chapter 2. Uh, and, and Elijah 
claimed that there was no reality except for the God of Israel, stressing monotheism. In other words, one God, and our God is the creator of everything. So therefore, his God, our God, trumps the God of Baal because uh, the God of animals and the God of uh, the air, the God of love, all these other gods still have to bow and submit to our God who is the creator of everything. So Elijah claimed this and he stressed monotheism to the people which possibly unprecedented, uh, with, with possibly un, um, um, unprecedented emphasis that, that uh, prophets in that day, just like today, have to speak against so many different things because there's so many other gods. Yes, in the 21st century, that I need you to understand that there are some people that worship football gods. They can't worship God on Sunday because they're watching football all day. They, they, there's the mall God. There's some folk that have to go and get their shopping on. There's a car God. There's some people that idolize and worship their car. There's a career God that some people uh, throw themselves totally into their career and they worship their career. And there's some people that even have some knickknacks on their mantle at home and some stuff that you can't touch in their house because they worship that when they got that on vacation, when they went to the island somewhere. You need to understand that there's some people that will make a God a small G G-O-D, a demigod out of just about anything. We've got to be careful about what we worship, what we give honor and reverence and respect to. And yes, yes, I need you to understand today, you need to be careful how you treat other people. It's the difference between worshiping somebody and reverencing or respecting somebody, respecting somebody. So Elijah's uh, confrontation with Ahab, if you read uh, even from the beginning of chapter 17, uh, God tells uh, uh, him to flee out of Israel, to go to a hiding place by the brook, the brook of Cherith. And it's there at this brook, it's there at this brook where he is being fed. I, I really wish I had time to really give you the backdrop to the story before I get into it. But God saw fit for his own manservant who was uh, now declared a famine in the land. And the famine took place for about three years. He now is uh, goes to a place of hiding and he is taken care of at a brook by a raven. And anyone that knows anything about birds, ravens are scavengers. And he brings dead meat to Elijah to feed him and take care of him for approximately a year. And he's able to uh, to wash this meat down by the brook, the water that's flowing through the chair. Uh, some, some Bibles call it the wadi, the W-A-D-I, the wadi, which is a brook usually in a valley. And in the, um, the brook dries up in the non-rainy season. And then God takes care of Elijah even when the brook dries up. And after he's there for about a year, he goes down to, to this place called Zarephath. Now that's about 10 miles from where he was at. I, oh Lord God, thank you. He has Elijah walk another 10 miles. You don't even know what I'm talking about here. Think about this because we're so used to modern transportation. I don't think anybody, any of us have even walked 10 miles unless we were in some kind of walk. In fact, some people might do a 3K walk or a 5K walk, but that's not even five miles. I want us to understand that Elijah had to walk 10 miles. Here he is in a hot climate 
who's walking with his outer garments on or going down to his sandals, if you will. And he gets there and he walks 10 miles to Zarephath that is in the center of Baal worship territory. That God is such an awesome God. He'll make a way out of no way. But yet, don't despair. Don't get mad at God. Don't fall out. Don't panic. Sometimes in order for God to get the glory, he has to take you for your, from your seat of comfort into the lion's den, if you will. That God will do make a way out of no way. That he took uh, uh, Elijah into the center of Baal worship territory. Why do you do that, Pastor Robeson? You ask some real good questions. You need to take a look at yourself even. Sometimes God has placed you in the midst of some chaotic circumstances so he can get the glory out of your life because somebody that's living in a living hell needs to know that he will make a way. So God has placed you there to be his mouthpiece in the earth. He has placed you there on that job where some folk hate you and those, they hate the God we worship. God has place you there, not to quit, not to get frustrated, not to do evil for evil, but to raise your hands and lift your voice in praise and say that you serve the true and living God because he will make a way out of nowhere. He's going to make a way. Well, in the text, we see that Elijah finds this woman. What I read for you, Elijah finds this woman. He goes to uh, the, he gets near the gate of the city on the outside of the city. Notice what the text says, that God will have a widow woman there prepared to take care of him. Uh, uh, I'm reading it again from verse um, verse 8. He says, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and live there, for I have commanded a widow there to feed you. Wow, that's that's deep. In the midst of a famine, God is allowing a widow to take, who, and widows had to fend for themselves unless they had grown sons that could take care of them. But it's a famine in the land. So it means, anybody knows anything about a famine, it means that there, there's short supply of food. And because there's little or no food to be had in the land, this woman is now, uh, has to worry about another mouth to feed in her house. Well, I want you to know that the blessing to this is that, that, that you've got to be spiritually mature to see what God is trying to show you. And God is still using prophets. I already told you that a prophet is one who speaks on behalf of God to God's people. That God still has prophets in the 21st century. Yeah, we might not call ourselves prophets all the time. You might not call us prophets, but every man and woman that has been called and anointed by God to bring a word to you is indeed a prophet of God. So I know right now, I know right now somebody's all messed up already because what the enemy will have us do, Sister Lace, well, the enemy will have you think about how uh, somebody fell on, down on the job, how many preachers stole money, how many ch preachers are pedophiles, and how many preachers have done this and done that, how they've, they've fleeced the flock. Well, I want you to know that that's a small percentage of all the prophets that God has ever called on, all the people that are rightly dividing God's tr uh, word and his word is truth. That's a small percentage and the enemy will have you continue to think about the one that messed up. Even Jesus had 12 and the, and the Bible says one of them was the devil referring to Judas, how he betrayed Jesus. I want you to understand that none of us are perfect. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God, but set your mind on things above so that you don't focus on the fact that somebody's not doing the right thing. You need to understand that a prophet indeed is, is worthy of a prophet's reward. So here, let me tell you these three things and I'll get on out of the way as I'm trying to tell you that he'll make a way. That God has fixed it so Elijah again is now in the middle the hotbed of Baal worship territory. There's a famine in the land. 
and he has to be taken care of by a widow. God has put him in a position to be taken care of, to be blessed. Why? Because God wants his word to, to survive. His word won't return unto him void. So sometimes, yes, preachers, sometimes you can't drive the big Cadillac uh, with uh, gangster white walls with the TV antenna in the back. Sometimes you got to drive a hoopty. Sometimes you got to be broke, busted, and disgusted so God can use you in the midst of all that's going on. And in the midst of this famine land, God is still trying to take care of you. Yes, in the midst of the pandemic, God is still taking care of you. In the midst of economic despair, God is still making a way out of no way. He will take care of you. He will make a way. So when I see the text, let me show you what the Spirit of the Lord has shown me. Because as I go to this, I got to tell you this for before I give you my points. I realized as a, a youngster when I first heard this, this scripture and when I was even young in ministry, I wasn't uh, where I am now in my faith and in my spiritual knowledge of what God was doing. I said to myself, this text reads kind of bold and it reads in such a way as if he's taking advantage of this widow. <coughs> Excuse me. It reads as if Elijah is taking advantage of this widow. No, he's following the will of God. He gets to the gate. He sees this woman. And let me tell you what he said and he did. Yeah, that's, I'm at my first point. What he said and what he did, meaning Elijah. He says to the woman, I'm right here in, in chapter 17, verse, um, verse 9. Take a look at this. Verse 10. So he set out and went to Zarephath. When he came to the gate of the town, a widow was there gathering sticks, and he called her and said, bring me a little water and a vessel so that I may drink. Take a look at verse 11. He also says, uh, bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. And then uh, uh, take a look at verse 13. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go and do as you have said, but first, Make me a little cake of it and bring it to me and afterwards make something for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord, the Lord, the God of Israel, the jar of meal will not be emptied and the jug of oil will not fail until the day that the Lord sends rain on the earth. Uh, notice in the text that Elijah does not say God told him to say this. As a prophet of God, as a man or woman of God, the spirit of the Lord comes upon you and you understand what God has for you. And you understand that God is putting us in a position where we can do miraculous things on his behalf. And it's not about the individual. It's not about the prophet. It's about the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Uh, notice what he said to her. And he spoke life. He spoke life to her. Any prophet, any man or woman of God has to speak life in dark situations. Some of us don't know how we're going to make it. Some of us don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. In the midst of every phone call I receive, every text message I receive, every email I receive all week long because I know so many people, people call on me and ask me to pray about this and pray about that. And here we are in the pandemic. It's been people dying uh, weekly. And, and, the, and yes, we're still in the pandemic, regardless of what the numbers look like in your community or in your state that you're in. Even in India, we know a week ago there were 
over a thousand people dying a day. This time last year, there were over 800 people dying in New York City alone, 800 people daily. There wasn't even enough room in uh, hospital morgues or city morgues in, in uh, funeral homes to even carry these corpses. They had to be uh, housed in, in trailers, cooling trailers outside of hospitals, outside of morgues, outside of funeral homes. In the midst of all this, the prophet has to speak life. Sometimes we see death all around us, but a prophet will really speak life. Someone asked me this just the other day. Someone asked me this just the other day, Deacon Thomas. They asked me, uh, somebody that knows me kind of well, they asked me, does my family really see me as just Keith or do they respect me as a preacher? And I said, well, uh, most of my family are believers in Jesus, so they respect what I do and what I say. They respect the call on my life. And they said, but yeah, you like to have a good time and laugh and joke. Do they have a hard time separating the two? I said, they've seen God use me. My family supports me in my ministry, so they understand that I am indeed God's manservant here in the earth. Yeah, I think they understand the difference between when Keith is talking and when Keith is being used by God. Here in the text, I want us to see how uh, Elijah, he doesn't go up and show this woman his, his, his driver's license, his identification and say, I'm a man of God. Uh, perhaps it was because of his garment that he wore that she knew he was a prophet. But watch this, that God has his own manservant go to someone that is a Baal worshiper, somebody that's a Gentile, that she light has no fellowship with darkness, but she knew he was the man of God. I've gone places and done some things and people knew that I was a man of God, that God will put us in some tight situations that we don't think we're able to get out of. But when we go on God's journey, when we're going on his assignment, God will make a way for you and he'll make a way for me. So notice what he said and what he did. He spoke life and he told her to feed him first. I got to park right here for just a few minutes that you need to understand that uh, and feeding him first and feeding him first. Uh, this way, I thought he was just being selfish when I was younger and when I wasn't as spiritually mature as I am now. But it reminds me, it reminds me of how uh, my mother and my uh, some of my uncles and aunts telling stories and other older people that grew up in the South, they talked about how they didn't have a lot. And, and then regardless of how many children they had in the house, every now and then the man of God, the pastor, the preacher would come by their house for dinner and they would watch the preacher in some cases, they will watch their mama feed the preacher first and then take care of the household. Even in, in African-American traditions here, I, I remember being raised and seeing my grandmother take care of my grandfather first, seeing my mother take care of my father first. Why? Because it comes from this, that as you take care of the head, the head will take care of the body. That as you take care of God's business, God will take care of your business. It, and notice that, that God wanted to unveil a miracle, but it had to be in, in sustaining the physical manifestation of the man of God in the earth first. So sometimes you need to stop being so worried about yourself and your prayer life and all that you praying about, all that you want, and never ever thinking about the one in the earth because God, his word, his voice is still in the earth. Yes, God is still speaking in the earth in the 21st century through men and women that he calls and anoints. So God is going to put you in a position, whether you believe it or not, regardless of how much money you have, regardless of where you live and what you have going on, God is going to 
or place it on your heart sometimes to give without being asked. And if he does not do that, sometimes you'll see the need of the man or woman of God. When you see the man or woman of God looking raggedy and poor and ran, shoes ran over, don't talk about us. Be a blessing unto us. When you see that we're hungry and you got some food or don't have enough food even for yourself, share yours with us. If you don't, if if your money is funny, your change is strange, sometimes you need to still be a blessing to that man or woman of God because little becomes much when you place it in the master's hand and God, he will indeed make a way. So he told her to feed him first, that God wanted to unfold a blessing, but it had to be done in order. As you take care of God's business, he'll take care of your business. He told her to feed him first. Then he told her what the Lord would do. He said, feed me first and the Lord will make sure, I read it for you hearing, in verse 14, he says, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, the jar of meal will not be emptied and the jug of oil will not fail until the day that the Lord sends rain on the earth. Well, this famine lasted for approximately three years. I've got to give you this before I go any further, that Elijah, who knew what it was like to be destitute and being fed by a raven at the brook Cherith, he was down there for approximately a year. Theologians are telling me he's been there for approximately a year at being fed by the ravens and drinking from the brook, but the brook dries up. God sends him to Zarephath, 10 miles away, in the middle of Baal worship territory. It's some folk that are uh, trying to get out of their situation, and God has kept you right there. Some Sometimes you're trying to get out. God is saying, I don't need you to go nowhere. I'm trying to use you right where you are. Stop trying to run. Stop trying to hide. God wants to use you right where you are. So God used Elijah right in uh, Zarephath as he saw this widow woman, told her to, to get him uh, uh, some bread and then told her to bring him something to drink so he could sustain himself. And God uh, told her, uh, 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 she, she was obedient to him, but notice what happened. He told her what the Lord would do, that the Lord would make sure that your, your barrel of meal would never run out. Your vessel, your cruise of oil would never run dry. Well, I wanna let you know that every now and then you're gonna hear something that doesn't sound right to you, something that seems contradictory to your circumstance. Well, I want you to know that if you are really indeed a believer in Jesus Christ, if your faith is in the God above, the, uh, the father of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and if you are really a believer in the word of God, you'll realize that God does not all, his ways are not our ways, his thoughts are not our thoughts, his ways don't always make sense to us, but his ways make sense to him. Also, it's not about you or I as individuals. God is working all things out. All things work together for the, uh, for good to them that love him or called according to his purpose. So watch what he did, what he does. That because I understand the heritage of what was happening in that day, that as she worked, Elijah cooled out. Sometimes some people think that the man or woman of God ain't doing nothing, and, and really what it is, we might look like we're re relaxing and maxing and have our feet propped up, but sometimes we're still waiting to hear from God. Elijah, his whole character, everything about him, I wish I had time to give you this, but he was, he was solely focused on doing the will of God, that he wasn't trying to get a new car, he wasn't trying to get a new chariot, he wasn't trying to get a new turban and a new tunic, he was trying to do, just trying to survive and do the will of God in the midst of a famine, in the midst of a pandemic, because so many preachers out here now, 
that are just trying to survive, just trying to make ends meet, just trying to get from pillar to post, trying to do the Lord's will, understanding that God will make a way. But notice what not only what he said and what he did, but number two, I want you to notice what she said and what she did. Yeah. After seeing the text and noticing what he said and what she did, uh, uh, noticing what he said and what he did, notice what she said and what she did. She, she speaks death. He says, I want you, I want you to, to go and make a morsel of bread and you, uh, uh, bring me uh, some water to drink and, 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 and bring me a morsel of bread and something to drink. And she says to him, I'm just gathering up a couple of sticks. That's all I need to build a small fire and build, make some bread. Uh, the King J James says a cake. Make a small piece of morsel of bread for me and my son. And watch this. We're going to eat it and then we're going to die. Why did she know she was going to die? Because there was famine in the land. It was kind of like in the, uh, in the pandemic that uh, we never know how many folk are, are going to uh, be infected by the virus, how many are not going to survive the virus. Well, that's real life every single day. This, but the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way that she didn't even realize that Elijah was sent there to save her life. That she said, we're just going to eat this and we're going to die. So she spoke death. And her son that she speaks of was supposed to take care of her because she was a widow. That in that day and age, and this is why, probably why my dad raised my brothers and I with that mindset. And he was, his father died at a young age. So he and his brothers uh, uh, made sure that when they had money, they took care of their mother. My father made uh, uh, instilled in my brothers and I to take care of our mother. Um, uh, it's a biblical principle. And because she was a widow, she said, I'm going to just make this food for us to eat today and we're going to die. I said to myself, wow, that's heavy duty. She's already predicting her own death. Her circumstance, her situation speaks that, that her back is against the wall. But maybe you've been there before. Maybe you can just raise your hand right where you are and testify that he has made a way out of no way in your life. You ain't always had all the stuff you had. You wasn't always living on the sunny side of the street. You didn't always have uh, a choice between steak and lobster. Sometimes you have had your back against the wall and you understand that fish and bread will indeed keep a poor man fed. So you ought to give God praise. When you got something and it's, and, and uh, uh, something to shout about, you need to make sure that you shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph. Tell a dying world that he has made a way for you. So notice what she said and what she did. She spoke death and her son was supposed to take care of her. But what she did, notice what she did. She sacrificed. Uh-huh. Yeah, I take my hat off to this widow because a sacrifice means surrendering a possession of an offering to God and or to a divine figure. Now, what you do unto God's man or woman servant, uh, you do it unto him also. So as you bless me, you're blessing God. I got to say it one more time. You might not want to hear it, but I'm going to say it again. That as you bless God's man or woman servant, you also bless God, that God will make a way for you as you bless the man. The Bible also tells us you'll be blessed just by giving a man or woman of God, the prophet, a glass of water. That God understands how uh, he, we are examples of him in the earth, that he uses me to rightly divide his word. He uses me to speak life unto you in the midst of death. And notice she sacrificed. She didn't have to go home and look in the cabinet. She already said, listen, I already know what I got. 
uh, ShopRite ain't having a can-can two-for-one sale. I only got enough meal in the barrel to make one cake and a little bit of oil to make that thing happen. I'm going to eat this and I'm going to die. Well, I want you to know that what she did, she sacrificed and she did what she was told to do. She moved in obedience. Oh, here's where some y'all, I'm going to lose you right here. Some of y'all are going to lose you. I know I am because obedience is better than sacrifice. And some of us are so busy talking about, well, I'm grown, can't nobody tell me what to do? What he gonna do with the last bit of bread I got, the last bit of oil, last bit of meal I got? You need to understand, all you need to do is be obedient to the word of God and obedient to God's prophet, and God will make a way for you. Obedience is compliance with an uh, order, a request, or a, a law, uh, and, and it's, that's what obedience is. And and and, and see, uh, um, and as we submit to the authority, God will make sure he makes a way for us. Now, I also got to put somebody in check right here. Obedience is not just doing what you're told to do or asked to do. Obedience is all about your attitude as you do it. I want you to understand that it's one thing if she had been murmuring and complaining. The text doesn't say that, but she did what she was told to do. That the way the text reads, it's not like I, uh, it's not like Elijah waited for her to co-sign on what he was asking her to do. He told her what to do. She went and did it. Yeah, she explained the situation a little further in case the man of God who had just got to town didn't understand that the famine was there also, but she submitted to the will of God. She was obedient. And in, in our case, it describes our faith. As we take a look at be, being obedient to God, it, it's, it describes our faith response uh, to the will of God. Yeah, it, respond, it, 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 it shows, it describes our faith response to the will of God. If we're obedient to the word of God, take care of the man of God first and God will take care of you. So what she, what she said and what she does, she, she, she was a blessing to the man of God that I still, I still now, I couldn't understand it again as I was a youngster. I couldn't understand it when I was younger in the faith, how here's a woman that took all she had and went in and built a fire and made a piece of bread that was going to be enough for her and her son. But she did it out of obedience. So I looked at what he said and what, she, what he did. Then I looked at what she said and what she did. But then I had to look at the third thing in the text. What had, what had happened was, yeah, after seeing what he said and what he did and what she said and what she did, what had happened was that the word of the Lord fulfilled itself. Notice what it says in verse 16. She went and did as Elijah said, so that she as well as her household ate for many days. The jar of meal was not emptied, neither did the jar of oil fail according to the word of the Lord that he spoke by Elijah. Well, let me take you back to the story. I told you earlier about my mother and some of the older saints that I've heard talk about. They came up poor and had a lot of children in the house, didn't have a lot of food. And then here comes the greedy preacher by the house and how they might've been angry that they saw their mama and their grandmama make meal, a meal for the preacher first. It might've been chicken livers or chicken legs, chicken breasts. And, and whatever it was, some cornbread, and the preacher ate first. The daddy in the house ate first. The prophet priest of the household ate first. They made a plate for the 
the man of the house first. And as they did that, the same folk that told me the story, they made it through whatever they were going through, that God made a way out of no way. Sometimes it's just about a, a woman uh, being a blessing to a man. Y'all, you don't want to hear this in the 21st century, but those that uh, God has put uh, in position for you to be a helpmeet to a certain man, i.e. your husband, God will bless you as you are obedient to his word. So what had happened was the cake was made and uh, a miracle happened that she was taken care of in the famine. Now the famine lasted for about three years. So here's about another two years that Elijah is being sustained uh, by this woman's food that comes out of her house. Well, I want you to know that when he met her, it was her D-Day. She thought it was over. She said, I'm going to eat this and I'm going to die. But Elijah said, uh-uh, baby, I want you to know as you do it, God will make sure that 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 barrel that you had that little bit of meal in, that little bit of flour in, and that jar that has a little bit of oil in, that neither one will go empty on you. So the miracle and event is that it's considered un, a miracle is something. Uh, uh, this miracle happened in the midst of, of the famine, of course, and the, and God will take care of your personal famine. It's some folk that are flourishing right here in the pandemic. It's some folk that lost a job in the pandemic. It's folk that had mama or daddy or their best friend uh, transition in the pandemic, but he will make a way. God will make a way for you. There is some folk that have gotten a raise in the pandemic. It's some people that have gotten a new job in the pandemic. Some folk had to see their life's dreams and aspirations put on hold for just a moment. God had to tell you, pump your brakes in the pandemic. And everything around you said it looked like all is lost, all is gone. But God is making a way out of no way. A miracle is an event that is considered unusual or extraordinary and that it appears to be contrary to what is uh, currently known as normal or natural. But here God will make a, he's made a way out of nowhere. That every time sister went back to that bow to take some flour out of there, there was flour in the bow. Go to that oil jar, it was oil in there. I don't know if it was Crisco or not. If it was low fat, don't matter. If it was uh, olive oil, doesn't matter. But it was oil in the jar. It was some flour in that barrel. She was able to make a way out of nowhere because he will make a way for you. A miracle happened. The jar was never went empty, neither did the jug of oil. And obedience brings about blessings that you need to stop murmuring and complaining. In fact, do yourself a favor. Be a blessing to yourself. Be careful what you hear and what you see, who you hang out with. It's some folk that are just so negative. They have such negative spirits. They're always telling you something contradictory to what your pastor tells you. They're always telling you something contradictory to what your husband tells you to do, what your mama or daddy, your authority figure tells you to do. You need to stop listening to everything everybody else tells you. God has put you in a position to be blessed by those in authority over you. I need you to understand here that obedience brings blessings. So stop acting like the prophet of God is just human. Sometimes folk want to just uh, devalue us and say all we are is just human. Well, he put his pants on just like I do. I don't know how other people put their pants on, but I know how I put mine on. But most importantly, I know who's called me out of the darkness into his marvelous light. I know who called me when I was minding my own business, couldn't even think, wasn't even trying to think about church, trying to get on the corporate path and do what I had to do. 
wanting to be an architect and do what God would have me to do and taking care of my family and making a living for myself. But God, he, he saw me walking across the college campus. Even, even more, in fact, he saw me while I was in my mother's womb. He called me out of the called out and said, I want to use, I want to use you to be a blessing for me, even in the pandemic. I didn't know it then. And he didn't say those exact words to me then didn't sound to me now, but I understand I'm still here to be used by God and he will make a way. So I want you to know, I know what it's like being down and out sometimes, but I want you to know that I'm not just a human being. I'm a human being that's called and anointed by God that I could see beyond the obvious. Therefore, I've given Southern prophetic words. I've sat in meetings and shared with deacons and other leaders what God wanted to do. Told the Southern church on some cases what God was going to do told my family and friends what God was going to do, and he has made a way. I want you to know that, again, when someone asked me about my family, how they view me, <coughs> excuse me, my older sister called me uh, earlier this week, uh, tears in her eyes, she was crying, and, and told me her husband had to go to the hospital, and he had been diagnosed with COVID-19 virus. Well, I want you to know, I told her, I said, I will pray, of course. She didn't call me just to make me aware of what was going on. She knew who was going to be a blessing to her, that God placed me in my family to be a blessing to my family. He placed you and your family to be a blessing to your family. You need to lift up your head, oh, you gates, and even lift them up, your everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. You need to open up your sanctified mouth and stop uh, spreading gospel, but make sure you sing unto the Lord a new song. Let his praise fill the temple. You need to speak a word of faith over somebody's life. Speak life as they are even speaking death. I didn't, I'm not saying my sister was speaking death over her husband, but she was down and out and needed somebody to get a prayer on, through on her behalf. Well, I'm grateful to God. I texted her just yesterday and she me back and told me her husband was being released from the hospital uh, just yesterday and 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 saying she's thankful to the Lord. She's a believer. He's a believer. So they knew it was nobody but the Lord. But she knew enough to go through God's manservant to uh, unite with her in prayer, that our faith would join together because knowing that one could put a thousand demons to flight, two could put 10,000 demons to flight. Well, I'm glad that each and every one of you that listen to me right now that need to know that the Lord will make a way, you need to do like the widow of Zarephath. She expected a miracle. That sometimes when your back is against the wall, you don't have nothing else you can rely on or depend on. Your folk done let you down. Your money is funny. Other folk have messed you around. You need to expect a miracle. And the widow became a prophetic witness. A prophetic witness is somebody that hears the word of the prophet and obeys the word of the prophet and watches God move. You listening to me right now, somebody needs a miracle this week. Somebody needs God to make a way this week. You need to hear this word and know that you need to put God first, make a sacrifice unto the Lord. And some, sometimes somebody is saying, well, I don't have, I don't have uh, a whole lot of money. I don't have all this. I don't have, well, you don't have anything. You got more than what the widow of Zarephath had chances are. So therefore you need to stop making com uh, excuses and complaining, but make a sacrifice unto the Lord and he will make a way that you'll look back and say, well, what had happened was I was broke, busted, and disgusted, but the Lord made a way. You can testify right now in the chat right now. 
talk about how God has made a way for you. Somebody listening to me right now, somebody looking at me right now, I don't care if you watch this a month from now, you begin to think if it had not been for the Lord on your side, where would you be? That he's a way making God, that he will make a way for you. And I want you to know I'm so glad that he is a way maker. He will make a way. Begin to think about it. I, when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah, thank God for saving me. Well, it's time for me to go, but I'm grateful to God that you heard this word today and just begin to raise your hands right where you are. Give, just give God a wave off and say, thank you, Lord, for making a way. Thank you for making a way out of no way. Thank you, God. I praise you, God. I thank you for making a way out of no way. He will make a way. He will make a way. When you think about bullets that didn't hit you, that guns were going off, but he made a way. Being in a car accident and still surviving, he made a way. A surgery where they said the chances don't look too good, but you still here because he made a way. That some folk was treating you bad, but still God didn't leave you in that situation forever. He made a way. Whatever you're going through, stop crying and complaining and having a fit, but look to the hills from whence cometh your help. Know your help comes from the Lord, the creator of life life and health. Jesus the Christ, his son, is interceding for you as you pray in the name of Jesus. He will make a way. He will make a way. He is making a way for you. God bless you. He will make a way. He will make a way. I can't say it enough. Thank you, Jesus. He will make a way. Hallelujah. He will make a way. He will make a way. This week as you're going through, just think about it. He will make a way. That's the word for the week for you. He will make a way. Mm. Uh. He will make a way. He's making a way. He will make a way. And as we're going through life, we're doing what we need to do. We need to understand that God wants us to be a blessing unto him, be a blessing unto his church by giving him a tithe, giving him an offering. And we can do that. You can do that even right now. Even as you're listening to this, you can use the Tithely app. That's T-I-T-H-E dot L-Y. Tithely app. Go onto your phone, download the app. Go onto the computer, type in Tithely, set an account, and it'll take money out of your account and send it to uh, whom you want to send it to. In this case, we're asking you to be a blessing to us at the Southern Baptist Church so we can continue to be a blessing to others. And then, if not, can you give a and the month you don't have to worry about waiting until the check clears in this net, it'll take money right out of your account, put it into the Southern Baptist Church account. Yes, uh, uh, we're doing some great things. We're still feeding the needy in our area. We're still doing some marvelous things. We're taking care of God's business. Um, and somebody needs to understand that God still wants you to tithe, even in the midst of the pandemic. A tithe is one-tenth of all that God has given you. You might be uh, on government uh, assistance. You might be on uh, got a retirement check coming. You might uh, be out working 40, 50 hours a week and um, the tithe belongs to God. It's not a debt that you owe, but it's a seed that you sow. You make a sacrifice. Get, and, then, and that really isn't even a sacrifice. Sacrifice is over your 10% because 10% is what belongs to God. So God says he'll rebuke the devourer for your sake. He'll bless you for being a blessing to him by being obedient 
to his word. So I'm praying over your gift and praying over your offering right now in my spirit. I, I'm doing it right now in my spirit and watch God move according to his word. He'll take care of you and take care of your business. Um, we invite you to be a blessing to us and this ministry at the Southern Baptist Church. And then I want to remind you that we're meeting on Tuesday night at 7 p.m. and on Thursday morning at 7 a.m. I know it's almost redundant as I say uh, morning and evening and give you a.m. and p.m. But notice uh, 7 p.m. Tuesday evening, 7 a.m. on 7 on Thursday morning, you can catch us once you get off work, get home, or catch us on your way to work or as you're getting ready. We are in prayer. We are in prayer as a corporate body. There's so many people to call in that aren't even disciples of Southern. Some of them even pray out loud. Some don't pray out loud, but they're there in spirit praying with us. People across the country are calling and praying. Uh, we are praying unto our Father uh, in the name of Jesus. We are praying and watching God move on our behalf. You can meet us on our prayer line at 712-775-8972. I'll say it again, and it's across the bottom of the screen if you're on Facebook, 712-775-8972. After you dial that number, dial the access code, which is 967013. I've done it in my car. I've been at home. I've been in the bedroom. I've been in the living room. I've been wherever when I've been on the prayer line. And I, I watch God move on our behalf as we dial 712-775-8972. Access code 967013. Uh, and then on, that, on Wednesdays, that same number, that same number, dial that same number at 6.30 p.m. As our Sunday school teachers are being a blessing as they're teaching on Wednesday in the word, Wednesday in the word. So we invite you to be a part of what God is doing with us here at Southern. We thank you for being with us here today. I want you to hit the share button if you're on Facebook. Share this. This is electronic evangelism. It's EE, -E, electronic evangelism, where you can be a blessing to so many others who need to hear a word, um, who need to know whose side you're on, who need to know that you serve the true and living God, and you can tell them that he We'll make a way. God bless you. We thank you for being with us. Check this song out as you're on our way out. We love you. And I want to pray for you as we get ready to leave. God, we thank you again for meeting us at the point of our need. We thank you for your word. We thank you, God, that it's taking root in good soil. We thank you, God, that people are being obedient to, unto your word, that we're going forward and we're going walking in Jesus' name, regardless of what the situation looks like. We are relying on you. Your word tells us to prove you, to try you, to test you. We're relying on you to make a way out of no way. You know what we're going through, but we know that you know what the end is going to be and that the latter shall be better than the past. That what we're going into is going to be better than what we came out of. So we bless you now. We praise you. Keep us, God, because we can't keep ourselves, and we're relying on you to make a way. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Check this song out as we get ready to leave. God bless you. Thank you for being with us today. He will make a way. God bless. Praise the Lord.
we thank God as he is making a way. <coughs> Praise the Lord. to God. Again, we thank you. Take care. God bless you. Thank you.